could you kill me? Given the right circumstances? Oh boy. I, you know, I was watching Shaun of the Dead yesterday and that mm. always brings this question up for me. Yeah. Give me a give me a scenario, okay? Like what what's the situation? Because I think this this makes a difference in whether or not I could. All right. I could gank you. Uh, this came to me after watching Anna and the Apocalypse during December, right? Uh, which okay. uh, five out of ten. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. In okay, so let, let's let me paint the picture. So instead of COVID, right? It's let's say it's human fucking insane cannibalism virus, right? Okay, sure. Uh, the fucking bodies of the recently deceased are returning to life, and they're, they are fucking hungry, okay? So we've right. assembled a small band of survivors, we've armed ourselves uh, with stabbing weapons, with shotguns, and we're out there, man, looking for signs of life, looking for civilization, whether we join one that's in progress, or maybe, hey, start one of our own, Right. But that comes with fucking, that comes with difficulties. A bite. Of course. Uh, and, and it could be a nibble. And it doesn't even have to be a bite. We're talking, uh, these mad fuckers, ah, they flail themselves around bodily fluids, juice, saliva, pus even. Could fly <laughs> anywhere. <Gross>. Um, <laughs> that is horrible, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's too far. Jeez. That, when I said paint a picture, <laughs> You're getting it didn't it. have to be that vivid. You're getting it painted. Okay. Uh, and... Time from bite to turn is very quick. So we're talking maybe 20 minutes to half an hour, depending on the severity of the injury. If you saw me, and by the way, I'm not the type to roll down a sleeve and try and keep it hidden from the rest of the group. I'm not the type to make a goodbye speech. I'm not the time to, you know, very short space of time between infection and turning. So... You've seen that I've been bitten. I've shown you. I rolled my sleeve up. I, I, I make eye contact with you. I don't need to say anything. It's right there. I've been bitten. Do you have what it fucking takes, Corrigan? And if so, how would you do it? Oof. That is... That's a rough one. Mm. I'm assuming we have we have weapons, right? So we're yes, we in do. this, you know... We do. So I don't have to, like, find a fork and, like... No. <laughs> you know, slowly... <laughs> you don't have to for it, whittle a fucking... To... Whittle a twig. Yeah, yeah right. Just nope. the, the end of a toothbrush to no, your jugular. I don't you've... have to do anything like that. So I can... Yes. I can end you fairly quickly. Yes, you can. Uh, you've got enough to, for it to be a choice. Basically, however you'd feel most comfortable with doing it, you can do it. But the question is, can you do it? Can I do it? Mm-hmm. If it, I, I'll, I'll, if I turn, I'll fucking kill every fucker, and including you, and you will then do the same. But here's the thing, right? And this actually segues quite neatly into what we're going to be talking about a little bit later on. You can't wait until I'm fucking gone, mate. You've got to do it while I'm fine, while I'm absolutely clear-eyed. I'm just a little bit bleedy, a little bit bitey, but you have to kill me uh, before I turn. Can I... Can I give you something to kill yourself? So it's a no, then you can't do it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't. I think it's so hard. Like it causes me distress. You can. You can see me. You can yeah. watch my entire body I can, right I can, now. I can, like I can. I can. Just... You're animated. You're kind of breathing quite heavily. You're kind of uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, displaying anxiety. I like to think. Mm-hmm that I could do what had to be done. Mm. I think that I'm a fairly pragmatic person. Yes. However, if there were some option mm. 
that would make it so that I didn't have to do that. Mm. You know, especially like if it were you, I know that if I were like, hey, take this gun and kill yourself, you you would be like, yeah, no, I gotta. And you'd be like, fine. Yeah. yeah it's okay. Um, <laughs> and then I wouldn't have to do it. <laughs> like I'm, I'm fine. I would try to find a way. There has to be something I can do. If it were like, there is literally like you also the like person took your arms off and therefore like mm. uh, you cannot operate a weapon. Mm. I don't know. I think I could do it, but I would be like crying all over you. <laughs> well, that's the, good. I'd like to think so. Thank you. That's something at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At, at least there's that. <laughs> I, I couldn't just like be like, all right, peace. It's been nice knowing you. <laughs> Um, my take on it is, right, and you're quite... I, I believe that I could. I believe that I could, because uh, you stop the second... You believe you could kill me? Yes, I do. Because <laughs> uh, the second that, you know... The goal here is to stop a spread of an infection, right? The goal here is to limit the incursion of this infection. And when, you know, uh, when you become a host, I ha you then become part of the problem, you know? Right. So that's when I have to stop seeing you as my my transatlantic friend and co-host and start seeing you as a, a, a vector to be limited. So you like, you straight up, I'm still alive. I'm still sitting here like, ah. Oh. Mm. <laughs> and you're like, you are no longer a human. I'd sing to you. I'd <laughs> sing to you and get you to close, close your eyes, Corey. Da, 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 da. Okay. And okay. I would do it. Okay. I guess that's, that's fine, I guess. <laughs> uh, no, that's a, that's a good thing. It's just this, this is a thing I, I think about quite often. Like, mm. what I don't, you know, it happens when you're watching a lot of horror movies. Well, it's, it's a trope, <laughs> isn't it? It's a, it's a trope of, of, yeah. of that For film. For a reason. Mm hmm. And uh, now that we've got into it, now that we've discussed it, I, I can see, I can see how difficult uh, a decision it is, particularly for a group of friends. If, if we'd assembled our group, our, our hardy group of survivors from strangers, eh, fuck it, no problem. Right, yeah, but, exactly. You have to stop thinking about them as your friends and about as your relatives, because when you've been infected, when you've been bitten, you are then just a part of the spread to be controlled. I'd remember you fondly, and I would tell stories of your bravery. But would I hesitate? No, uh, I would not. Your brand is strong, Mark. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I am what I am. Um, I think that might be my horror fetish. In fact, my favorite genre of horror movie is boats. Oh, I found a feather in my garden today. Must have been an angel. I almost punched a little kid at Kamikaze who was dressed as a zombie because it scared the shit out of me. Cory, exactly. movies are too goddamn long, right? One hour and 28 minutes is a perfect movie. This is this is it. This is for me now. I'm like, oh, this is I'm, I'm fucking in. We're back, Mark. Ah, oh, we're back. We're oh back. my we're god. Back. It seemed like a long time. Felt like didn't it forever. Uh, that so was like nice one. That was literally one week off, and it felt it felt a lot, lot longer. Uh, and but I can only time hope. moves differently now. So <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Um, and I sincerely hope that you, dear listener, missed us like we missed you because we fucking did. Yeah. We really, we really did. Mm -hmm. uh, I was really. I wasn't even active on you know the the social medias and whatnot. Uh, so yesterday I put up the obligatory poll because I was watching, um, I've been going through the Cornetto trilogy mm. just kind of by happenstance. It wasn't like an intentional decision, mm -hmm. uh, but The World's End was on Stars, and I was like, I haven't seen that in a minute. So I watched that last week, and then mm. yesterday, um, 
Shaun of the Dead was on. I was like, I'll yep. watch some Shaun of the Dead on HBO. And then afterwards, they played Hot Fuzz. So I was like, let's keep this rolling. To give you a little uh, bit of context as to, as to my buddy Sam's comment, there's a like a third tier uh, Freeview channel over here, ITV2. And fucking hell, okay. I yeah. swear, on a weekly basis, if it's <laughs> Saturday night, they'll either have Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead on. And it's become a kind of a running joke on British Twitter. Uh, whenever uh, either of those okay. films is on, tune in now for a race screening of Little Scene and Edgar Wright's <laughs> art house classic, Hot Fuzz. Da, da, da. It's it's yeah, it's yeah. Brit Twitter. You know, for a movie that is now what seventeen years old, like a movie that can drive, mm. um, it is it doesn't seem dated, which I think is <laughs> I just is got that pretty impressive. Movie like who? Oh yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm not familiar with that saying. Um, of the three, uh, um, it's it's only Shaun of the Dead that remains. It's it's the only one that I've had any interest in going back to. Uh, oh, it's Hot Fuzz for me. I love Hot Fuzz. It's been, like you. It's been a while since I've seen uh, seen Hot Fuzz, but I, I think ITV Two has killed any fucking any <laughs> desire I've got to see that film. Stone Dead. Yes, um, and I believe we've discussed, or maybe just you and I have discussed that. You do not like Simon Pegg, so that probably doesn't help. I have a massive antipathy towards Simon Pegg, uh, one that has only grown with time. And I think even if I were to go back and watch Shaun of the Dead now, rather than going, oh. You're placing that on it. Yep. Uh, I would spend uh, as much time hating his fucking face and voice than I would enjoying the, the lovely foreshadowing and the wonderful kills and the great soundtrack and the really, really cool performances and the tight script. It's a really, really good film. It really is. In um, spite of I was Peck. thinking, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the other day because I told you I was watching this other movie um, called Ghost Stories, which you had seen as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, didn't, I didn't dislike it as much as you did, but I did think it was kind of like for mm. like an hour of the runtime, I was like, eh, what is this? Yeah. And then like all of a sudden had a big like, what the fuck? Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I was like, okay, I'm kind of in for the rest of this. But um, Martin Freeman is in that movie and he has in his like later career started playing a lot of dicks. Like he's like constantly playing these like mm. really dickish characters. I don't know if Fargo is the switch or what. And I had this moment, it was kind of funny where I was like, gosh, I hope he isn't a dick in real life. Mm. And then I remembered I have met Martin Freeman oh, in really? real life. Dish. And to totally tell. forgot about it. It was, lo- he was lovely. Uh, it was a long time ago. It mm. was 2007. So long enough ago that I was in Heathrow Airport. Mm. He was the only other person in the terminal. Uh, <laughs> and it was like me and my friend Michaela like looked over and I was like, Michaela, I think that that guy is kind of famous. And she was like, is he? And I was like, yeah, I think he's on that office, the British office. Well, and well, so, well. like, I walked up to him and I literally was like, um, he was reading the newspaper. I was like, um, excuse me, are you the fella from the office? <laughs> and he, like, <laughs> put down his newspaper, hopped off his, his chair and, like, stood and he was like, yeah, yeah, I am. And, you know, started talking to us and he just kept saying cheers. Like, he, like, didn't know what else to say. And just like oh cool and we took a picture but this was like back when like this there were no camera phones or anything mm. like that so she took it on a digital camera lost the camera we have never seen this picture but oh that's lovely all that to say he was really really lovely very very small mm-hmm. um, he's like got like maybe two inches on me um, <laughs> and was just and I remember thinking he looked a lot older in person than he did on TV but yeah long enough ago 
that he was just the guy from the UK office. There was nothing to talk about from like Hitchhiker's Guide, I think maybe would have been the other thing. And he was fine, was he? He was okay in person. He was delightful, just absolutely like charmed that we like recognized him and like, you know, stood and had a conversation with us for several minutes. And yeah. So as far as I know, unless the fame has gone to his head, Martin Freeman is not a dick, he just plays one on TV. Okay, okay. Uh, Then I I shall, (laughs) I'll let that impression of him be the one that you have. Did you have the same, did you have the same thought? Like maybe he's a dick? Yeah, yeah. Uh, And the little bits and bobs that you read in, in, in the press and you see him in interviews and whatnot and that's yeah okay yeah um yeah. And, and, and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go any further with this line of conversation because that you, <laughs> i don't want to kick our first fucking part of 2021 off with me on two for two separate names <laughs> being a grumpy yeah, son of a bitch okay. no but if i hate, uh, if, if, but if, i will say it yeah if i have antipathy no, towards ahead. simon Pegg, i fucking hate martin freeman man and i swear if we ever cross paths he's gonna regret it um so I'm not going to go any further down that line. We'll talk about this later. Yeah, we will. <laughs> Fucking... I had no idea what I was stumbling into with that one. Uh, <laughs> this was not pre-planned, ladies and gentlemen. No, it, it wasn't. Was just a thought I had. Martin um, Freeman with his voice. But... <laughs> Sorry. The funny thing is, my, when I was watching it, my sister was sitting in the other room, and mm. she is like mostly blind um and she's pretty good at, at nailing voices as a result um and so sitting there she was like is that martin freeman it's like it is indeed it i is didn't indeed martin know freeman. Hmm. yeah but anyway uh ghost stories that's i don't know if i would recommend it by the way we're just you know going through we watched a lot of stuff a, lo- a load of stuff over the past in fact, two weeks as well in fact ghost stories never won me back after the first 15 minutes i thought why is martin freeman in that mask uh, you know, it, I, it, it didn't. I didn't even know he was in the mask. I was just like, someone is wearing a weird old face. Mm. And I don't understand why they didn't get an old person to play this. And then, like, obviously it comes around again. But that to me, I was like, what's the what's the deal with the old man mask? I don't mm. like that. And that it said Martin Freeman was in it in the beginning. And I was like, where is he in this movie? By all accounts, <laughs> though, the, the stage show that it's based on is phenomenal. Um, it's one that I, I was desperate to see during its London run and never quite got the chance. Um, oh, it's a bummer. Yeah. And it genuinely is a scary concept when it gets mm. around to getting around. To oh, it. sure. Like... Yeah, yeah, certainly. In fact, one which also <laughs> plays into something that, that, that we're going to chat we've talked about, about later on. Um, Oh, and something that we've talked about before. So mm. I feel as though I need you know, to say but I, some... I don't want to say it because I don't want to give it away. I feel as though I need to talk positively about some movies now because I've just been an absolute fucking grumpy son of a bitch <laughs> for the first 15 minutes of the cast. Um... And if there's one thing people expect from Jack of All Graves, it is for Mark <laughs> to be a ray of sunshine. So give the people what they want. <laughs> um, all right. Out of character. I've, saw, I've seen some great stuff in December. Um, some top-notch boat core in a movie called Sea Fever, um, mm-hmm. which blindsided me, frankly. Didn't expect it to be a third as good as it was. Deeply yeah. uh, likeable and relatable characters. What the fuck accent are you doing there, Do Grey Scott, sir? I don't know. I've met Irish people and they didn't sound like you, buddy. Um, no. No, not so much. It was an odd choice. It was, but uh, a really tight alien at sea you know, quote unquote, alien on a boat movie, which, uh, you know, it, it, it scored big with me. Um, yeah, me really see. liked that one. 
Yes. I believe um, actually one of, I think it was one of your homies who told me about it in the first place, told me that it was coming okay. uh, when it first, I think it came out a month or two ago, but someone had said on uh, on the Joag Twitter, you know, mm. hey, Corey, look out, this is coming. And I was like, sweet. And I watched it right away and it was very enjoyable. Yes, it was. It was good shit. And um, the head scratcher, Hunter Hunter, which I saw last night, in fact. <laughs> yeah. Hunter Hunter is a... Um, I, I, whew, it's a different movie than you think it's going to be when you go into it, that's for sure. It is, it really is. Um, Bone Tomahawk suggested itself to me as, as being kind of a vibe cousin to this film. It's And you weren't alone in that. Oh, me and my, my good friend Robert England apparently agreed that it's yes. a, a, a very similar... Uh, in terms of in terms of the taste that it leaves you with, you know, in terms of how it sits on your skin as a film, um, and also mm-hmm. similar in in having a particular moment of just bravura violence, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> Good just Lord. puts a fucking image or two up there on the screen that you won't have seen before, and is yeah, it deserves a, a standing ovation for that and that if nothing yeah. else. Yeah, really great film. I mean, yeah, there were several times throughout that movie that I kept on um, screaming and otherwise (laughs) making uh, very loud, startled noises. Uh, Like, I mean, just the first time that you really see kind of what's happening involves, and I don't think it's like giving a ton of way to say so, uh, but like a a wolf with a human hand in its mouth. And I just immediately went, (gasps) (laughs) just this big like gasp. I was like, oh, and then yeah, sort of any moment of like violence or death or anything in mm. that film is like very I yeah. mean just they save it up they, ooh, you know, gritty it gets un, it gets under your skin quality over quantity of of the imagery mm. that it dishes up and like I said it ends on a massive high point and for Terminator fans great to see Nick Starr again where have you been hiding yeah. <laughs> well he he had a a bit of trouble oh did he really there. so <laughs> yeah he's a uh, one of those guys who, who spends some of his free time, um, you know, incarcerated, <laughs> things like that. So, you know, it was nice to see him back in action. I mean, you got Nick Stahl and you've got Devin Sawa. So you've got like a real 90s uh, dream team going didn't, on. Didn't uh, Eddie Furlong also have a, a bit of the old trouble? Yeah. Yeah. I think all of those folks have had uh, had a rough go of things. So... <laughs> The those '90s idols always hit mm. a little bit of a rough patch, and you know. But yeah, it was nice to see Nick Stahl turn up in there, and it he was. was really something. <laughs> Maybe nice is not the word for anything that happens in that movie. It was but. DiCaprio fucking pointing moment with a tin of beer. That's what it was. It was, it was, it was fucking Nick Stahl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yes, Hunter Hunter. I really, I really enjoyed that one. And mm. uh, if you like just being kind of shocked. It's and not I don't think in a cheap way. I don't think they're cheap shocks. I think, no, certainly you know, not. Certainly not. Um, very good shocks. Uh, now I think about it. I mean, with the the themes of the film, I am confident in declaring it the first piece of snare core I've seen. Here we go. Snare core. Hunting oh, and trapping snares. and oh. you know, hunting with your rifles. I I, I hereby yeah. dub it snare core. I'm. I'll I'll take it. I feel good about that. Good. And uh, it's. Yeah, no, I'll say no more. <laughs> just, just I recommend it. Anything else you watch that you would uh, you would put out there as a wreck? Uh, because I've promised myself that I'm going to keep it nice for the rest of the cast. No. 
<laughs> Wait, is that accurate? Um, I'm looking at my letterbox. And I mean, no, nothing, that, nothing that fits in our remit. I mean, Soul was lovely. Um, Wonder yeah, Woman yeah, was well, horror. I did in not many enjoy ways. Soul. But uh, did you not? We'll talk about that another time. Maybe. No, I did not watch it. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you thought Hell House was all right. Maybe just, it's not a wreck, but you thought it was all right. Just all right. Uh, I don't think it yeah. stuck. It didn't stick the landing. I think it, it kind of went off a cliff towards yeah. the end. I, I like the thing I like about Hell House LLC is that um, the characters are believable, which I mm. really like. I feel like most of the time when I'm watching any form of like found footage thing, I'm usually like very attuned to that. Like, do these feel like humans? Yes. Um, and a lot of times it's just like it's very hard to get around sounding scripted yes um and a few of their sort of talking heads have that problem um though some of the talking heads are actually really good in it mm. uh but the the characters the main cast in hell house llc i think are are i believe them which mm. i really like about that but yes. i agree that it doesn't it doesn't stick the landing like in terms of you know how, it's got a very sort of cliche ending uh it's mm. You know, there's stuff, it leaves stuff to be desired. The finding out what happened is not, doesn't answer as much as you'd like. And I, I has, I think Host might have killed found footage for me forever now. That's also a possibility. You know? Yeah, um, I can see that. Because I did find myself unconsciously comparing it to Host, which is, of course, the gold standard. That None of those right. characters felt scripted because we know that they weren't. You know, right, for the, for they the most, definitely for the most part, I've given a lot of freedom to improvise uh, with uh, uh, bringing their relationship to the film that existed previously. And next right. to that, I think using their else. own names. Oh. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. yes. Totally. So maybe I was comparing. Yeah, it absolutely. Yeah, it's hard to you know reach that when you've got mm. the goat right there. Mm. Uh, but also, I watched uh, Psycho Two for the first time. Oh. Uh, and I feel comfortable in saying that that is a better movie than Psycho. Did we speak about it? I know you watched it, but did we, did we ever talk about it? I think briefly I mm. texted you and said that was a better movie than Psycho. <laughs> uh, and, but it was New Year's Eve, so, you know, lost in the, <laughs> the New Year's. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Psycho 2 uh, is great. Mm. And it. I was watching it and I was thinking... If this weren't a psycho movie, this would be a horror classic mm. because it it's so good mm. um, that I think people probably didn't see it because they went, oh, why would you make a second mm. psycho? Yeah, right. And so it instead of actually like benefiting from the name behind it, I think it was like hindered by that. Whereas mm. it's actually such a good story, mm. um, and you know Anthony Perkins is phenomenal, and uh, and Meg Tilly. Um, and it's just, yeah, I was like, one of the things that's so brilliant about this movie um, is the constant ambivalence you have about Norman and mm. about how you can't help but want him to win. Yeah. Uh, while at the same time being like, wait, 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 no, but this guy like, he's a serial killer. I can't want that. Mm -hmm. I do not. It, this is bad. Uh, and yet. Oh, the situation, and you don't totally know where it's going, yep. and you yep. know whether he's being manipulated, and yeah, he. <sighs> it's a lot. He brings a vulnerability, and uh, just this guy who is just so easy to damage. You know, this guy who mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. is yeah. Uh, it, it really feels for the first third of that film that you he 
he could have just he could have turned it around, you know. He could have not been mm-hmm. the Norman that they all wanted him to be. Um, right. Yeah, I I have a very very fond place in my heart for Psycho Two. I agree with you. It's a it's a better movie than the original. It's a more rewarding and mm-hmm. nuanced film than the original. Yeah. And the kills come at you out of nowhere. It's it's way kind of oh ooh. my. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. I was mm. certainly not expecting it. There was, you know, one of them, as always, like my, my husband wasn't really watching. He was doing something else, but mm-hmm. happened to catch, you know, someone getting like a knife through the mouth and then through the back of their yeah, neck. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And he was just like, oh, uh. oh, it's this kind of movie. Uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that just happened. Like there is, it's surprising. Well, so I'm really glad that's really a glad big recommend. Really glad you Big it. recommend. Mm. Yeah, I think it's on, might have been Stars, something like that. It's streaming on something where I didn't have to rent it. So if you go around to all of your various things that you pay a bajillion dollars to subscribe to, you will probably find it somewhere. There is a three, isn't there? There is a Psycho 3 that I've never seen. I think there's like five of them. What? Like there's like a bunch of them. Uh, it's, yeah, there's an insane amount of Psycho movies. I don't know if they all have Anthony Perkins or things like that, but I'm pretty sure there's more than three. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I have at least three in my queue. However many there are, I have them in my. And there was Bates Motel, of course, list. which I had a lot of time for. I enjoyed Bates Motel a great deal. Yeah, someday I will continue watching that. <laughs> uh, I should have binge watched that instead of spending my yesterday watching Emily in Paris, just being mad all day. But you know, Emily, the do. movie Emily. No, Emily. Emily in Paris. E M I L Y in Paris. I don't know what that is. No, I, I cannot imagine that would be on your radar. Maybe your wife's, but definitely not on your radar. It's about like a an American girl from Chicago who gets a job in France, but she doesn't speak French and she becomes like an influencer. Um, it's a big hate watch. It's, oh, yeah. everybody is horrible. Yeah. But the episodes are only like 23 minutes long and mm. that's what gets me. Yeah, I know. Like I, I know. might as well. Yep, you can burn through two, three, four. Nah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'll see the cute guy shirtless a couple times, and I guess it wasn't a waste. I don't know. And when time has no meaning, <laughs> you you know you look for things and to fill so... it. Exactly. <sighs> what are we talking about today, Mark? <sighs> so, uh, right from the outset, right, I'm conscious that this could go to some places. And I. I I'm not even sure how I got on to this topic in my head, right? I don't know how I, how I went down this yeah. particular rabbit hole. I there was must have been something that pushed me off, like the Newton's cradle. There must have been some impulse which got me thinking of this. I've always, I've always been fascinated with the concept of how far our bodily autonomy is allowed, quote unquote, to go. Right. right? Um, yeah. I've always been. And and I, I mean this in every sense. I've always been fascinated with what we are and aren't socially, legally, morally allowed to do with our own physical form, right? Right. Um, very recently, and, and, and I can't believe this didn't <clears throat> occur to me, recently, right? If you think about the body modification scene, right? Which is, all right, fine, go to it. It's not for <laughs> me, but crack on. Um, Quite recently, there was a guy from the UK who got a quite substantial prison term uh, for performing some pretty extreme body modification on his clients, right? Um, Yeah. 
and had I thought of this earlier, I would have researched the lad. Um, because <laughs> it's only yeah, he, just now occurring. <laughs> he would, he would like cut off noses and ears for people. Oh, con- so those con- are like like medical procedures, essentially, not 100%. Really body and, and modification. Yeah, exactly. Right. But body modification in, in an extreme sense. Um, uh, you know, more so than tunnel piercings and tongue splittings and whatnot. He would do right. kind of digit amputations and ear amputations. Again, th- completely consensual. But for people course, on the right. on the outer fringe of the body modification scene, right? Yeah. Google it if you dare. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to. And and that that question, I mean, uh, uh, Doug well, Stanhope. Well, what was right? he? What was he um, imprisoned for or charged with? Was it? The, I believe I'm right act... in saying it was for unlicensed medical procedures. Okay. Gotcha. That would be that would have been my guess as to yeah, what yeah, would have been yeah. the issue. I'm I'm reasonably sure that's what and and he, he had huge um, support from his client base. Yeah, uh, of course. You know who who testified, gave character references, and so on. But he ultimately was imprisoned for un, unlawfully performing medical procedures. Mm. Right. Okay. Which which again, you ask that question. If you, uh, and I, I, like I said earlier on, I'm paraphrasing Doug Stanhope here, right? But if you own nothing else, you could be homeless, you could be penniless, you could have not another physical fucking possession to your name, but surely to Christ, you owned the fucking meat on your bones. So uh, I'm probably really clumsily missing a massive kind of un- un- blatant moral argument here, but why the fuck can't I cut my own ear off? Why? <laughs> sure. I mean, and and... I wonder, I I feel like there's two ends to this, like, right? So if you're thinking about this as an unlicensed medical procedure. Yeah. Okay. I get it. That's a, that's an issue. Uh, Can other people do this then that are less careful than this guy? And now you have like back alley ear amputations and people dying of Mm. sepsis and Mm. things like that. Right. Like there's a degree to which I understand the, uh, the issue of doing something uh, that is a medical procedure and not having necessarily the proper training and the precedent that sets. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not necessarily like a body autonomy issue. That's a like this health and safety kind of thing. However, I don't think that there's any way you can argue that that is even an issue without getting into the fact that there's a moral or, there, yeah, there's like a moralizing to the idea of taking off a, a digit, taking off an ear, um, cutting off something that is a body part. There's an aesthetic element to the moralization of that, for sure. There's uh, a degree. I to found which the guy. Part I found, of this issue. I oh, found. found I found the guy. Brendan McCarthy, aka Doctor Evil, um, <laughs> carried out consensual. His branding could use work. I know. Um, <laughs> carried out consensual procedures without using anesthetic. He was jailed for grievous bodily harm by carrying out tongue splitting and ear and nipple removal procedures. Uh, did everyone else just grab their own nipples right now? I kind of <laughs> did. just me. Um, but, you know, <laughs> a petition in support of McCarthy amassed more than uh, 13,500 signatures and mm, his, well. his defence challenged the charges on the basis that it was consensual. And, right. you know, the guy ran a tight chip in terms of, you know, sterile equipment and surroundings yeah. and so on it's not as though he was all like ah come on come and sit down yeah i mean it's like a tattoo parlor yes where he happens to be doing all of these kinds of things mm. 
But of course, tattoo par- parlors took a long time to be legal and regulated and all of that mm. kind of stuff as well. And there's still a lot of ways in which uh, that is, you know, an mm. issue in in various places. Perhaps he was uh, ahead of his time. I mean, I would say absolutely. Uh, but I do think, you know, yeah, there's two sort of elements to that. There's one that's just sort of your basic health and safety one. But I think that that you can't really divorce that from the fact that there's a, a moral and aesthetic reason why that is not a thing you can do. That that there's that's really what it comes down to. The same reason people don't like they don't want to see your split lizard tongue. And that has a lot to do with why no one's fighting to make sure that, hey, this should still be legal. And this guy should be able to operate how he wants. Is that in and of itself enough of a reason to outlaw it, though? That I, uh... No, absolutely not. <laughs> That's I'm not making this argument. Oh, okay, okay, just... okay. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I am saying that you can't separate the legal issue here mm. from a societal mm. moral judgment mm. and aesthetic judgment mm. on what is going on. That, you know, it is society feeling cringy about the process Mm. um, that makes it so that it is harder to legalize something like that and then regulate it. Mm. It, It's much easier to just be like, well, he's doing unlicensed medical procedures and just nip it in the bud than it is to be like, all right, well, how do we make this something that uh, is a legal industry that people are allowed to participate in? We don't, Mm. we, society, doesn't want that to be a thing that everyone can go and do. But, but I, I, I feel as though you can, you can apply that, if you, if you take that as your basis, that I am literally the owner of my physical fucking form, my own flesh, even down to what I put in it, how can, how can someone else regulate and decide what I am and aren't allowed to put in me? Well, and, and I guess there's also, in, in you phrasing it that way, I feel like a lot of times the issue tends to be with someone helping, mm-hmm. right? You, if you cut off your ear yourself, yeah. no one would arrest you for that. They might 5150 you or something, be like, dude's crazy, mm-hmm. and he it, you know, is cutting off limbs, but I don't think it's necessarily illegal for you to do this to yourself. It seems like people get in trouble as soon as they enlist someone else to manipulate their meat. Oh, we're beautifully put. <laughs> bravo, bravo. <laughs> Come on, acknowledge me, Mark. Um. <laughs> so what about so what about what about in terms of stimulants, narcotics, adulterants, food, mm-hmm. sugar? That is all regulated based on somebody else's decision about what I can and can't consume. And I, I think I, I, I have trouble with that from the same kind of place. Uh, there is someone removed from me, removed from my experience. There is an external body telling me what I can and can't do with the only thing that I can 100% be stated to own. Right. And there's uh, something about see, that that doesn't sit right to me. Is, and, and I'm not I'm not completely fucking naive that that no yeah you know there's a there's a there's there's duty of care there's public health there's economics right. there's crime littered throughout all of this stuff I know right but the very central argument to that is that's that's the one bit that I can't fucking get over you can't tell me what to do with my meat sir 
or indeed, madam. <laughs> I don't tell you what to do with your meat. Keep your hands off my meat. Yeah, I mean... Uh, what am I missing here? I guess... What am I missing? Is there something blatant which I'm missing? Well, I don't think necessarily there is. Um, I've been looking at this, and, and we sort of started this conversation, which we haven't even gotten to I know, yet, I know. but around the idea of euthanasia. But mm. I think all of this um, is about is about morality, right? And And again, this is not my perspective I am espousing here I am talking from the like okay so what are these these other arguments because that's kind of what I've been looking at as we've been thinking about uh, euthanasia and and Mm. the right to you know end your own life uh, in a humane way assisted by someone else but that's the kind of thing that was a common thread throughout all of this is about some sort of morality. And usually a lot of these objections come from some form of religious mm. perspective. Not everything. Mm. Um, there are certainly philosophical and other forms of ethical ways of, of thinking about this that might be against this for various reasons. But mm. largely a lot of these things come from religion or these remnants in society of religious thought and, mm. and, and mindsets. And so I think when it comes to any of this, it's it's a moralizing that goes on beyond simply, you know, what you do with your meat or even all of those other factors, right? Like so crime and and public health and all of that kind of stuff. I think a lot of those things are often stand-ins, like that is a reason, yes. but also yes, part yes, of it yes. is a visceral disgust mm-hmm. or a, you know, an opposition coming from somewhere else and needing an external yes. justification uh, for yeah. it. Because why don't to... we then yeah. Why don't we then make safe spaces for people to do this, right? Why can't I go somewhere uh, and do meth to my heart's content, right? Like, if we don't want meth addicts on the street leaving stuff everywhere and committing crime, yeah. okay, well, why don't we have, like, houses where people go and they can't leave while high, but they are free mm. to do this as much as they want? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not about actually protecting us from the scourge of method addicts or addiction mm. so much as it is about the sort of moral disdain we have for uh, the fact of addiction or the fact of drug use or doing something with your body that we find objectionable in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've, you've put, you've, you've hit the nail on the head as you often do. And I'm I'm just worried that my arguments come across as naive and idealistic and fucking utopian. <laughs> I should be allowed to do everything I want. <laughs> it, it, I was looking for something which would convince me that it's anything other than uh, a, a moral attempt to construct legal structures to stop me doing something which an external body has decided isn't palatable to them. And I do think there are degrees, as I was looking at this as well, there were certain things, for example, um, that, so there's this place in Switzerland, which is where this whole conversation started, Yes. uh, called Dignitas. Yeah, and I know uh, I've I've digressed quite drastically there, and I apologize, but you take it to its logical conclusion, yeah, you take it to its logical conclusion, and the right to end what you the right to end your life surely is as 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 fundamental to somebody as the right to 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 create it right and so this place their their whole you know idea is to be able to give people a place where they can safely mm. die 
um, when they are in a position in which, you know, going on with life for whatever reason uh, has become unmanageable uh, and they have to be, you know, in... Um, they have to be of sound mind when they mm. do this. They go through many, many steps, uh, lots of checks before they actually carry it out. And um, in fact, uh, I was reading that 80% of people who start the process don't actually do it. They don't do it. Uh, yeah. And that one of the main things that they say about this is that talking about it takes some of the hopelessness out of this for people. So this, as much as this is a way for people to end their lives with dignity, it's also a way to give people a sense of control exactly what you're talking about, this control over their meat, this control yep. over their, their lives, and once they realize they now have it, they don't need it as much. But this guy did get uh, in trouble for potentially um, profiting from yeah, death. I mean, you've, right? you've, you've read about him. Have you, Ludwig Benelli? Mm-hmm. Um, you get the impression that he kind of is very liberal with this this idea that your life is yours to kind of end yeah. uh, at any point really and if 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 you are convinced yeah, he'd kind of do it for whoever if it was allowed <laughs> he would he really yeah. would <laughs> <laughs> but i mean listen to the the you know their their mission statement almost dignitas it, to allow somebody to end their lives in the case of medically diagnosed hopeless or incurable illness unbearable pain or unendurable disabilities the, this 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 idea of uh, buy me a ticket to Switzerland it's almost become a running joke between me and a couple of friends but Alan and I say it to each other often but underneath that is 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 this sincere enterprise this sincere and heartfelt enterprise to allow people that self-determination right to allow people that actualization of their rights over their own fucking life right. uh, I mean it, it is riddled with Bitter ironies, though, and, and, you know, pitfalls. I mean, like you said yourself, the, as you'd expect, as you'd hope, the process whereby uh, Dignitas allow you to partake of, of, of their assisted suicides is, you know, rightly very rigorous. You have to not only be a member of, of their society, you have to provide a, a letter of application that you would like an assisted death. You have to back it up with rigorous medical uh, documentation um, and all of that takes time and from a legal point of view the place is in Switzerland and legally it will only be allowed if that person the, the patient is able to administer the, the, the life ending drug themselves obviously in a controlled supervised <coughs> managed uh, you know safe environment but th they have to be allowed to do it themselves so you have to be of sound mind you have to be physically capable of either swallowing a liquid or administering uh, an injection or whether it's via um you know a, a port in your in your skin you have to be in some way capable of doing it which yeah. immediately throws up that paradox that y your life has to be viable for you to right uh you know consciously decide that you want to end it and that's yeah that. you could survive that's the yep that's the issue this is you are killing yourself you are not and, and that's the thing is there's this when I was looking at you know conversations around this as well whether in religious communities or other forms of ethical um, conversations mm. you know you have the idea of like a DNR right like a do not resuscitate sure. order um, and that is basically don't carry out any extreme measures to try to save my life if mm. you know I 
you know, if my heart stops or whatever and, you know, you do CPR or whatever and that doesn't work, don't do anything else to try to preserve my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And for the most part, most people don't have an ethical issue with that. There are a few more sort of extreme groups or religious groups that would say, you know, you should continue on. But for the most part, that seems to be agreed upon that if you're at the point where you have physically, like you would die without intervention and you die, that's fine. But when you have something, like you said, you are a viable human, that is where things start to get messy. For people, I mean, it's the same thing when it comes to people talking about abortion, the idea of viability. Could a kid live theoretically Mm. outside the womb, even with intervention? Mm. Uh, Well, then if they could live outside the womb, then certainly you're killing a person, right? Like these are the same kinds of conversations Mm. that happen around abortion, that happen around euthanasia. And one of the things I thought actually was kind of interesting, uh, again, as like a standpoint for this is that um, Pope Francis, his perspective on this uh, was that um, he said that the practice is false compassion and a result of our throwaway culture that devalues and dehumanizes the sick. Now, of course, again, this is coming from a very pro-life, like you just womb to tomb. Mm. Right. But what I will say about this is I think, again, if we're looking at this, if you were to take this away from a religious frame, this is certainly an issue that um, elderly, sick, disabled people deal Mm. with. The idea Mm. of um, being sort of useless and worthless and not being able to live a good life. The idea, uh, and one that I think also they advocate for, is making a world in which it's not impossible to be sick or disabled, that your only choice isn't to die. Mm. I think that's a valid thing. What if we created societies where people didn't want to die as much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, we treated people for mental health or we didn't create barriers so that being disabled in the world makes it so that you're miserable all the time. I think Uh, that's a valid point, if not necessarily from his standpoint. And you talk about barriers. I mean, firstly, you know, Dignitas is a resolutely atheist organization the you know the founder ludwig minnelli he refers to it as 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 the atheist basis of self-determination right the right to decide when your life is over is a very atheist very kind of uh, empowering decision but having a load of people from the uk visit dignitas right um like yeah. more than you would think uh, every eight days was the figure that i saw every eight days someone from the uk visited, uh, visits dignitas not all of them go through that second check um there, as you said earlier on there are two green lights once on uh, your medical evidence being ratified you get a provisional green light and then after uh, speaking with the staff at the actual organization you'll then get a second green light and are allowed to travel out there um that act of traveling out there there are substantial costs associated with that um for things like the medical care the you know the the admin associated with all your documentation the 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 patient involved booking flights hotels um it it brings it right home to me when you read that very often people out there will book a return ticket for the patient just in case they back out you right. know, you, that's fucking awkward as fuck, isn't it? You book a one-way ticket for somebody <laughs> and they go, uh, um, we, <laughs> Yeah. The average UK cost, right, of somebody to, to see the Dignitas process out from end to end is around about 10 grand, right? 10,000 mm-hmm. pounds. And 70% of UK households have nowhere near 
£10,000 in savings. So right. straight away, by... So it's already prohibitive in, in its own, just by cost. Exactly. Then you, you factor in the time, and the clock is ticking for these people, you know? You, 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 have to, you have to go through this process, like we've said, while you're of a, a certain baseline of physical and mental capability, booking a trip waiting for the you know just the, the sheer physical act of getting there and back is adding time to what is often a very painful very uncertain uh time of your life time which could be best spent safe in the knowledge that you've sorted this out and there's a comfortable end coming for you if you can only do it in your own fucking right. country i mean right. it's it's i i i think it's wonderful that this place exists but horrible that it has to yeah. And that seems to also be the perspective that they have. Um, mm. And I don't remember if it was in an article or if it was in I read the brochure as well. Um, but that, you know, we'd said like the, the ultimate hope is to make this place obsolete. Yes. Um, and for this to be something that everywhere people can do um, and find a place where they're able to to do this. And a lot of this, I think, you know, I think one of the things that kind of hit me in here as well. I mean, there's a lot. To this that I think is really important, but that not that not having places like this does not prevent suicide. No, and one not. of the things that he said really drove him was like the pre like how often people botch suicides. Yes, 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 um, yes. And you know that you have people who you know like if you take a lot of pills, you're more likely to just destroy your liver permanently yep. and yep. have to suffer the rest of your life with you know whatever that entails or you jump off of something you just make yourself paralyzed um yeah, and traumatize yeah. the people around you uh, exactly you make a fucking you mess of yourself and, and and drag everyone else right. into that trauma exactly and the the idea of something like this uh like i said it's kind of what i was saying about like why don't we just make a place that's safe for people to do drugs or whatever other things we you know are worried are a public health crisis um if people are going to make this decision why not do so mm. in such a way that protects them and protects society at the same time? Mm. Uh, and you don't end up with just these really horrific tales of mm. the things that, um, that people and that happen to people. Yeah. So. Uh, there was quite, quite a um, widely seen documentary on it in, in, on UK TV, maybe four five years or so ago. You, you, you know, Terry Pratchett, of course. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, he hosted the documentary, uh, went out to Dignitas, went out to Dignitas in Switzerland, spoke to them, saw the, the premises that, um, that the, the procedures take place on. Um, and because, you know, he was, he was in the late stages of, uh, well, yeah. I want to say Parkinson's, don't know what it was. It was something like that. I'm not entirely sure. Something but, degenerative, yeah. um, quite mm -hmm. openly, you know, <clears throat> espousing that this, this was what he was going to do. And like you said, it's, it's that choice between a professional, controlled, uh, neutral environment that you, are, by the way, are free to introduce anything you want in. You can bring as many people with you as you like. You can, as many artifacts or, or photographs or things from your life around you as you like. Uh, and, and again, I use that phrase, stage manage your own exit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ah, man, rather than take risks, criminalizing yourself um, and, and your loved ones, uh, it again, and I, I'm I feel as though I'm oversimplifying it because it seems really fucking straightforward to me. I don't get why. <laughs> well, you know, and this it occurred to me when I was seeing where people were coming from to mm. do this, that like where the majority were from. So one article in the Guardian had like a breakdown of most 
like what countries most people are coming from. You know, Germany had the most, yada, yada. And then like Canada was on the list and that the U.S. wasn't on that list. And to me, that makes total sense um, because like because it's not a distance thing. Right. Canadians are going. That's the issue is not that like, oh, it's just farther away. Mm. Um, the perspectives about life here, I think, are much more sort of deeply seated in these moral things, right? This like deep morality about um, and like a deep Christian sense of what life means and that people here tend to, whether they are actively religious or not, still have this like you're playing God mentality about about this and that it's, it's somehow objectionable to have that kind of autonomy. I mean, the state can do it. You can murder some person who stole something 30 years ago, but mm. like the idea around you taking your own life here, I think that it's not, it's not a, for you saying, and I think for a lot of people that I talk to, this seems very straightforward, but I think in general, in mainstream America, mm. there's still a very moralistic thought process around this that ultimately it is wrong and you might ask someone why and their reasons are going to be very circular but they're going to come around to you just can't do that you just it's not it's not your job to do that it's playing god to do that um, where i think a lot of other countries don't have as deeply a religious mm. mindset about that including canada <laughs> so yeah and uh, when you say like, ah, oh, is there something obvious I'm missing? I think it's very hard to separate that from the Christian perspective on it. It kind See, of has a lot to do with God. My first, my first theory around why there aren't so many attendees from the states <laughs> is it guns? Is it the guns? Is it that you could kill yourself a lot easier with a gun and not travel? I mean, I think that certainly plays a role but not everyone kills himself with a gun here yeah they do all kinds of things uh in order to to kill themselves i think probably just as many as uh as other countries have mm. aside from that but yes i mean that is one of the the main ways that guns cause death in america is suicide you know that's what most people who die gun deaths die of is suicide so it's that's a huge thing um but, but I feel hand, like, you know, if we had the option, yeah, mm. I don't know that, like, like you could also travel to Oregon, <laughs> it would be allowed mm. or, you know, like, I still don't know that if we had the option to do this uh, safely or if it would be on the table to have an option to do this mm. safely is more what I'm saying, because I don't think I don't think we have that mindset. I was astounded to find that the the drug that they administer at Dignitas uh, uh, what's it called again? Bear with me a sec. Pentobarbital, yes. Readily available online. Yeah, what the heck? Also, okay, so when we talked about capital punishment, mm. um, and I accidentally made it sound like I euthanized dogs in my free time, I was talking about the fact that, In your free time, that, like, just in the <laughs> <evening. laughs> um, Like, okay, so... I think I asked, why don't we use the same thing for lethal injection mm. that we use for dogs? Yeah, because do. it's it's quick. But is it the same thing that they use for lethal injection? Uh, so I read, yes. Oh, okay. So it is the, the same 
the same thing either way. Uh, but differently administered. I'd have to do a little bit more reading into this because I mean the 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 setup at at Tignus Ass and in you know other other assisted death agencies are available. But it's you you get an antiemetic first, then the half hour gap, and then you get the pentobarbital. Um, all the while being counselled and made certain that <coughs> you know you're you're rationally making the same decision. Uh, right. Is it is it so? Is it, go on. Well, I guess that's <laughs> this is and this is not a question that's answerable, I suppose. But if this is something that can more or less painlessly kill someone quickly, mm. if you take it the way that you're doing it there, if you drink it. Why are we doing this so inhumanely if it's the mm. same drug that so it doesn't have to be like botched however seven percent of the time or whatever mm. it was? Yeah, you could yeah. just do this. You make an excellent point. I mean, I, I think administration is a lot of it, setting is a lot of it. Um, yeah, you, you can't, you're not going to give someone in, in the execution chamber. A little drinky, give them half an hour to watch some TV with their loved ones and get them to take another drink by choice. But why not? It's the end of their life. (laughs) You know, they've probably had appeals for the past 30 years. Give them an extra half hour to sit Mm. and, you know, finish the Stephen King book they've been working on. And like, you know, watch a Seinfeld, whatever, and and then give them (laughs) the drink. I don't... This does not seem... (laughs) Like an untenable yeah. concept to me. Well, put it like this. There's there's absolutely no mention in any of the reading I've done for this of any kind of, you know, Dignitas has 100% success rate, put it like that. You don't, there's there's, there's no right. kind of... There's, there's no, no botched... Statistics. No, 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 no. No. <sighs> I'm just mad on top of everything Rightly else. Rightly so. Rightly so. But, yeah, I mean, and... By the way, I keep saying like Christian stuff like that. There's other like Buddhists and all kinds of other people who uh, various religions, Hindus, etc., who mm. also have various reasons why they are opposed to what are some of them euthanasia. So it's not just Christians. Like for example, um, I believe with Buddhists, let me just make sure I don't get this wrong. Um, that they're they... quite chill anyway. Even if you do fuck it up, they're not going to come after you. Right. Uh, Was it the uh, Buddhists? Uh, Let's see. Buddhists are not unanimous in their views of it. Um, The Japanese Buddhist tradition includes many stories of suicide by monks, um, but it was used as a political weapon by Buddhist monks during the Vietnam War. Uh, But the way life ends has a profound impact on the way new reincarnated life will begin. Uh, Okay, okay. Uh, So a person's state of mind at the time of death is important. Hmm. Um, which means that thus, like, hey, that could be an argument for this kind of euthanasia because you are going to be calmer than if you are, you know, shooting yourself or something like that. Hmm. Um, Hindus hmm. have another one. They say um, that uh, a a Hindu says that a doctor should not accept a patient's request for death since this will cause the soul and body to be separated at an unnatural time. The result will damage the karma of both the doctor and the patient. Um, and it also breaches the teaching of ahimsa, which is doing no harm. Okay. So similar to, you know, your standard um, Hippocratic oath as well. So there are other reasons from spiritual perspectives other than sort of Christian sanctity mm-hmm. of life stuff okay. that goes along with this as well. Um, but ultimately, 
I don't know. I, I it's hard for me to think of a reason the, that I mean, doesn't go down to some form of spirituality. Yeah, spirituality or morality. Well, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. Let me just reiterate. I do understand arguments about potential abuses of this or, um, you know, regulation around things like this about, you know, what, why people are choosing this. And I think the fact that, as he said, like, you know, most people don't actually go through with it is important, that it's offering a choice and that is a big thing. Um, I I, I see the the argument of it normalizing the idea of medically assisted death that that feels to me to be the most compelling argument against it. Uh, well, the, and like to think, okay, so if you take it to the conclusion that kind of he has about this, of like he would kind of do it for whoever if they felt that they needed it. Like mm-hmm. imagine your worst, lowest time when you were 19 years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, sure, sure. And how you might have felt and thought that it was forever because you were 19. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you, if this is normalized and, you know, you're just kind of allowed to do this whenever, mm-hmm. you certainly will lose people who you didn't need to lose, right? And and it's their choice. I mean, I think if we're looking at it from a body autonomy thing, there's it's hard to argue that it's not their choice, but mm. it's still, you a know, as a society, choice. something sure. that we want to avoid. And how do we do that? Uh, social safety nets of various ways would probably be a great way to do it. But the way that we have chosen to do that is by mm. making the process illegal on its face. Hmm. I haven't stopped thinking about this all day, you know. It's 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 huge. It is. It's a big question. Mm. But I do think, I mean, I don't see... I can see various arguments against it for, uh, you know, in terms of this as being, like, just sort of a blanket, it should be legal thing. Like, I can understand why people be opposed to that. When it comes to end of life, like... When someone is very old or someone is suffering from something extremely debilitating, it's just, to me, that's a point at which I don't have any right to tell someone they have to keep going. No. Uh, you just know, this like, grim prolonging of, of the physical process of life at all costs. Right. That's macabre, mm-hmm. you know? And we understand that that is inhumane to do to our pets. Mm. When your pet gets like terrible arthritis and cancer and is growing tumors and can't see you're a bad pet owner if you don't put that dog down we all know that like everyone knows that but when it's a human all of a sudden you know that's something that like oh no you you can't you can't do that that's wrong uh i don't understand why you know my dog should be allowed to die with more dignity than i should and I guess it's for specifically that reason why, you know, it, it isn't just assisted death that Dignitas trade in. They also offer legal uh, legal representation for their members, which is paid for by a monthly fee. They offer, uh, you know, all all manner of, of um, <coughs> all manner of counseling and support on various different legal practices around the world. Uh, they are kind of anti-suicide and grief counsellors. Um, yeah. Yeah, their point isn't to kill as many people as no, possible. No, yeah, I, I absolutely want to get that across. And I think that's often yeah. lost in the in the conversation. It, not just you know us talking about it, but I think when people talk about assisted suicide in general, 
mm. what is lost is like providing counseling and providing all these different alternatives. If you look at the brochure for Dignitas, they have a huge list of all the interventions they try to do before you end your life. Yeah. You know, so even with this guy being very liberal about who he thinks should be allowed to die, he's also saying like, here's all the different ways in which we want to intervene before you do that. Like, you know, like the idea isn't like, let's get our tally up. Let's like just murder, murder, murder or anything like that. It's, you know, here's all these different uh, ways in which you can stop the process uh, by having a place where the process is allowed to go on. Mm. And of course, if you're looking for an answer here on this cast, if you're looking for an upbeat ending or a nice little wrap up of a coda or a little fun mm. denouement, then I hate to disappoint you because we do it's not, not have our it. thing. No, sir. We don't. Don't have that. But I tell you, I hope that by the time um, I'm falling apart for whatever reason, I'm allowed to drink the juice, man. Drink the juice. Yep. I just pop it in a Capri Sun container. I'll be the happiest girl in the world. Fino <laughs> 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 Bob, it all drank. <laughs> hey, if you're if you get bit by a zombie, can I give you a Capri yes. Sun full of phenobarbital? Whip me up some pentobarbital drank. Pentobarbital, yeah, yeah, that's all right. We've solved it. I know how I know Ta-da. how this is gonna work. Okay, I good. will kill Mark, you guys. It's fine. Good. Whew, that was a close one. Thank you, God. <laughs> uh, so um, we have a blog now. Oh yeah, we do. We have a blog. Uh, if you go to jackofallgraves.com, uh, we post our episodes up there. They're all up there now. Um, and now that I've gotten all the backlog up uh, from this point forward, hopefully we'll have a little more information for you about each episode, um, aside from just sort of the highlights, show notes, stuff that you see when you normally just go on Spotify or whatever, maybe little stories, um, some source links and whatnot, so you can read the stuff that we read about as we prepared for the podcast. Mm. Uh, You can see what we recommended or didn't recommend um, in the blog. Uh, And yeah, just sort of check out how to get a hold of us, our socials, everything, all there, jackofallgraves.com. We're a real boy now. Yeah, we are. And we deeply love hearing from you. We, we, we really deeply love do. interacting with our listeners. We love uh, knowing if there's anything that's landed, anything that's resonated, anything you can add context to. Um, who did we, uh, was it, which episode did I ask what the atmosphere of Jupiter was like? Is that something I said? Oh, yeah, that's right. And our, our resident boffin had, uh, had responded. Um, it's But it's on Instagram and... I'm not going to try to pull that up right now, but mm. <laughs> Eileen did answer the question for us, so yeah, hopefully thanks, we'll come Eileen. back around to that again. But thank you, Eileen, for always coming through for us with our science questions, because um, mm-hmm. we have a lot, and I'm sure that's not going to end anytime soon. <laughs> so uh, if other people have areas of expertise that they want to offer yeah. to us when we say stupid shit, uh, yep. if you're a philosopher who knows a lot about the ethics of euthanasia and other such body autonomy questions, yep. feel free to chime in. Or just wade in and just correct the shit out of us. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if this do. is something I've said before, but being wrong is something that I absolutely enjoy. You may have noticed. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> you know, it's 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 uh, a, 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 
a lot of fun to be wrong and to be corrected and to learn as a result. So if, if there's anything that we've said that you're going, fuck off, you can't be saying that, then steam in and stop <laughs> us. Yes, indeed. Uh, so get in contact with us there uh, on Twitter at Jack of All Graves, on Instagram, Jack of All Graves Pod. Are we allowed, Corey, are we allowed to talk about your thing? <laughs> are we allowed to talk about my thing? Um, vaguely, I guess. Because you, you, you got something going on, don't you? I do have something going on. I'm a... I'm a research girl for the televisions now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly how much I can say about it. And it's very early in the development stages, so who knows? It's it's Hollywood. Everything could fall through in an instant. But uh, your girl's working on some some research for a major TV studio, and uh, hopefully you will see the fruits of my labors uh, coming out. soon. So. Yeah, Still pilot production and all that stuff starts in, in late January. Thrills me, man, whenever I remember it. Um, <laughs> it does, it does, it does, because I have every confidence that it's going to be huge, and I have every intention of uh, dining out on your success for as long as <laughs> I fucking can, frankly. So Yes, yeah, because everyone knows uh, people who research for television are, uh, huge are stars. definitely hot huge, shots. Huge, huge, huge celebrities. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, maybe people who listen to podcasts will find that interesting, so, you know. Possibly. Once I can divulge everything about this, you know, maybe maybe people will be like, hey, I'd like to listen to that Research Girls podcast. Mm. Uh, yes, stay tuned, more to come. <laughs> so thanks for hanging out with us. Once again, we are so happy to be back. And listen, 2021 is the year of Joag. We're calling it right now, naming it and claiming it. So come along on the journey. It's going to be a real good time, I think. Mm, I completely agree. Get on board or get out of the way. (laughs) Until next time, stay spooky, friends. Thanks for listening, guys.